QF201 clear for takeoff. Have you got that where you need it? Yep. Hello and welcome to this, the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast brought to you as always by 121 Media and MGA. Now, it is usually at about this time of a record, 30-odd seconds in, that I'd throw to Timbo for his intro, and then I'd hope to throw to Fab at about the 12 or 13-minute mark thereafter. Alas, Timbo is not here. Uh, He went up to Sydney for the weekend for the game and reckons he owes his family some quality time and... To be honest, Fabio Ganoush, I'd prepare myself for a blow-by-blow account of his entire trip to Sydney. Blankets and all? Yeah, well, blankets not so much, I don't know, but I'd, I was just preparing myself for the stories of, you know, how he was sitting next to Brad Belmont and Chris <laughs> Douglas and, you know, shout out to Chris and all these guys and, you know, how one of them said something to the another and then that guy said something to him and they all agreed. I think we're going to be poorer for it, but um, Timbo, you are listening. Just hold your, hold your, keep your powder dry and fill us all in on how you went next week. I'm sure we'll be hanging to hear it. We do miss you. We'll have you back soon. Uh, Faber Ganoush is scrawling away feverishly, still doing his work. I'm a bit concerned about that. This could be a one-and-a-half-hander by the looks of things. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just taking some notes before my screen because I keep having to unlock it, so I'm just jotting down my notes. What about you just keep your phone on? I'm done. Okay, say hello to the listeners, please. <laughs> Ciao ragazzi. Now, I'm not going to bury the lead. You've got some explaining to do. I do. Yep. One of the great pod moments of all time was when Tim Davis gave Harry Mackay two votes for a four-possession performance. Literally, he thought he, quote, looked dangerous uh, <laughs> and gave him second best on the ground did as far he as have the Blues a, go. Did he kick a goal that day? I don't believe so. He okay. may have, but he, he legitimately had four disposals. Yes. Um, and Tim's Tim's rationale was that he he looked like he might do something, as opposed to, of course, actually doing something. Now, you've got a pretty solid track record. I think most of our listeners would agree of you know shedding a single tear as you sip on a canotto and belt out the Italian national anthem if and when Jack Silvani hits a target yep. via a handball. You've given him bulk votes in the past for like okay games. Mm-hmm. You decided last night, no dice. I didn't decide no dice. He he was in he was in contention. He was in consideration. He will play worse, less influential games than that, I, and you'll have your knob out, <laughs> giving him fucking twos and threes. We will have to wait a, a, a matter of weeks for this to happen. I can I can half explain my vote. So I gave three to Doc, and oh, I think that's I think that's where yeah. Oh look, that's your opinion. I gave two to Walsh. Yeah. I thought he was probably good. still overs. He kicked two goals and yeah, I thought he was good. He was good all day. I think he was kind. Of, that was his best game for the year. Mm-hmm. And I gave one to Durden. Now, I wanted to give Jack a vote, and I won't say you're not in my head. You're a little bit in my head because you, you do come for me every time I give Jack a vote. But putting, it, like yesterday, putting, I putting that aside, putting was that one aside, of his best games for the club. I thought. All things considered. I, not, not, I wanted to reward Corey Durden for an outstanding game of football. I thought that's his best game for the club. He hasn't played that many, but that's his best game. 
did Jack play better? Well, they both kicked a couple. Jack was Jack was very important. I, to be honest, couldn't believe it. I, when I, I saw the I, votes. I, I could not believe it. It's not a Brownlow medal. It's, it's the Prenders. And oh, I yeah, thought, but you, and move, I, you and Tim move the posts every week. No, it's no, hard I, to keep up with. I'm what rewarding. Your curve is. I'm rewarding. I'm rewarding Corey Durden for his efforts. Now, Doc, I don't think I have to explain, Doc. To like, I watched the game bar for ten minutes in a blackout, um, which I've since watched and I wasn't overly happy with. It was the second half of the third quarter. And I think the second half of, of both the first and the third were a bit iffy. But apart from that, I thought we were okay. But Doc... I don't think we win the game if Jack doesn't play the game he did. Yeah, but we also don't win if Wheaters doesn't play the game you he did. You didn't give him a vote either. No, I've only got three votes to give. Yeah. Oh, Do- Doc was the highest rated player on the ground. And I only I didn't look at that uh, when I gave again, votes. Again, the rating is entirely subjective. No, but, what I was looking for, and I've said this before, when we play teams with good midfields, when we get into trouble, we never have that. I always felt like when I used to watch you know, the good Richmond sides and the good Hawthorne sides, they always had that outlet handball. And I'm looking at it thinking, okay, I want to see who our outlet handball, who was off the contest. You do a lot of explaining yourself. And I no, and I was looking for the. We're missing and, Harry Mackay and Doc. We needed a link up, lead up, oh, no, half no, no, forward, no, no, no. This and that was far more pressing than your halfback flankers running off the back of the contest no, no. to get the handball received. He was providing an option at every contest. He was moving to space. He was spacing our our defence. I've had enough of your excuses. I've contacted oh, no, the oh, Italian oh. consulate, <laughs> and they're rescinding. You're not even your nationality. They're rescinding your... your Do you call Coazit today? You're, they're rescinding your um, heritage. That's impossible. They've said that's what we're doing. You're going to drain the blood out of me. No, no, they're just, they're just taking it off you. They're going to come around and repossess all your salamis and your mix maxes. They're going <laughs> to repossess all of that stuff. <laughs> Kelly rang me All today. of your terracotta, they're taking that out of the she house. She said, um, what did she say? She goes, oh, she's doing the shopping online. She goes, oh, I've had to up the mix maxes to four packets. <laughs> A lot of a lot of mix maxes. Oh, the kids have one every day. So do I. How many do you have every day? One. Kelly puts so it you, in my, so you're going through three Kelly a day. Puts it in my lunchbox. You're going through three a day. Yeah. But we get the different one, the the Rolino ones, which yeah, are the little green whatever, ones. Yeah, Amazing. Whatever. No, but I, I I just I thought Doc was was good for spacing, good for structure, and he kicked the banging that he was kind of in my thoughts, and then he kicked that goal, and I went nah. Doc. Look at the goal that the huge goal that Jack kicked like two minutes before that, and uh, the balk and the massive, and, and, and hugely the, important goal. Mate, I'm not, I'm not arguably more important than Doc's goal. I loved Jack Silvani's game. I love Jack. I just, you know what I love about this? This to me, this whole story. I would hug him if he walked. This through whole the door. story is alpha and omega. Like it's one extreme to the other. You've got Tim's like this is the complete inverse of his lunacy. Him giving Harry Mackay votes for a four-possession game it's and not, then you snubbing your love child. No, no. It's not like I gave Matt Owies a vote. And we'll touch on him after. Will we? Is there much to touch on? <laughs> I've, got, I've got a note on the board. Owies for the tip, as in the rubbish heap. Yeah. Interesting. Um, ratings and reviews now. Now, that bit went a bit longer than I would have liked. Rating and reviews now. Uh, we've got Between a lot the two of, of us, this should be a tight one thirty. Um, we've got uh, five reviews this weekend, which is very good. Uh, SBA Gem 
can, can people leave, like, these are just clusters of letters week after week. I'm not sure what they represent. Yep. Uh, I'd love to give you a proper shout-out. Uh, left uh, a fantastic review, a tight one hour and 50 minutes uh, as they're heading, known for its high-quality Josh Battle content, a morbid fascination with dead celebrities. In fairness, that was only last week. Incessant references to that one film by Luis Valdez, European soccer, and the will-they-won't-they they sexual tension between Sean and Fab. That's a hard no. Uh, the wittily <laughs> titled Ian Prendergast <laughs> podcast is a delight to listen to. The dulcet tones of Timbo and his extraordinary knowledge of Olympic swimming especially sends a shiver down this listener's spine. Don't ever get him started no. on Olympic swimming. We're lucky having, those segments from Tokyo are over. They were having that debate as to whether Nicole Stevenson, is that her name? Or Livingston? Livingston, yeah. Oh, she was Stevenson. Um, I don't know. How she's leaving in the midst of the AFLW negotiations to go and commentate. It's not great. It's not a good look. Championship. And I, when I heard that on the radio, my mind didn't think, oh, should she or shouldn't she? I just went, Timbo's available. To do he, the swimming? He could do it. You know the worst thing about it is Timbo would rock up and people would be like... He's more prepared than the rest. Who, who is this man? Where has he come from? He'd, he'd also probably be doing like his work as he did the... The calling as well. Yeah, he, no, he does know he's swimming. He'd be doing an update on the Burwood Brickworks or something. Yeah, That's finally, an, an adjustment. finally finished. Uh, has anyone been in the cinemas out there? I'm interested in them, but I'd have to... I go to Village and I've got the Village Rewards thing going. What are they at Burwood? Reading. There are a few readings popping up. They're not a bad cinema, but I'm, I'm kind of loyal to the Village. And the, the Village, I get the, the, the points. And they When Reading took over Epping, it was pretty bad. Yeah, but I think Epping's just a shithole. Like, it wasn't like... No, no, it was see, Epping, Epping, whatever they call it now, Pacific Epping. Pacific Epping. Well, whilst, Isn't it landlocked? Whilst the, um, <laughs> whilst the clientele aren't... Uh, you uh, say it, you're a native, aren't you? I'm not a native of Epping at all. You're a native of nearby Epping. Thomastown, no, Laylaw's between us. Near enough. Near enough. Um... But what I mean is they, they inherited, like, the old Doncaster twin cinemas. Like, there's not much you can do with that. You can't polish a turd. No, no. Well, they have since fixed it up. The whole area is actually... It's been rejuvenated. It's gone through a boom. Fantastic. Uh, well, good news for the people of Epping. Um, it says, sometimes they discuss the Carlton Football Club, but only sometimes. Uh, Ash Gallagher's got in touch. Uh, Ian Prendergast says... This is, a, this is like a Homer's The Iliad, this review... Uh, Prendercast is a must-listen for all blue baggers. Ensemble cast is made up of three passionate fans. Uh, Tibbo Slice, the good doctor, although I'm unsure of his actual medical credentials. doesn't have any. Um, plays the more calm and calculated observer. Has a keen eye for recruitment and injury predictions. Again, there's no expertise in the injury uh, stuff. That, that I will defend. He, in an official capacity, did work for the Port Adelaide Football Club. Not in their strength and conditioning team. In their recruitment. Yeah, but not in their strength. He wasn't like... He wasn't massaging blokes or looking at, you know, x-rays. He's probably massaging Adam. He probably was. <laughs> Even though that was post-Adam's blank career. <laughs> Just making sure his calves weren't tight. Um, Fabaganoush makes me feel like it's 1995 and I'm a packed, in a packed Ligon Street restaurant discussing all things Carlton. He's a proud Italian man. Not anymore. Um, the only thing he loves more than the blues is a 90s banger. 80s banger. That's more your I lo- I love, but No, I love both of them. <laughs> As uh, long as it's a banger. Sean is the host and is an intelligent thinker whose observations and insights are equal to his ability to ruffle feathers. Most notably, the Carlton fo- uh, Football Club media team. That is true. Um, 
That said, his interview with Sayers was as good a media content as you're likely to find in the footy industry. The pod is complemented by good banter, movie references and soccer anecdotes that keep it fun. It is a lock for any Carlton fan. Good stuff, Ash. Ash, send us your bank account details. We'll uh, that was pay for comments. Se- that seemed John Laws-like, didn't it? It seemed like we have... Valvoline. Yeah. You know they've dropped the, you know what I mean, as the tagline for Valvoline? Oh, fuck, mate. That hasn't been relevant for years. It's a very age niche reference. I get it. Uh, Go to Blues Podcast. That's from long time user, first time reviewer. Uh, Been a long time listener. Absolutely love the show and the banter. If I could fault anything, it would be the intro song. That is blasphemy. That Um, is a a lot of new listeners might not know, but that is Keithy. That's that's my dad, Sean's dad, from a band he was once upon a time in called the Inserts. And the song is called Bazooka Babies. Yep, you can't find it anywhere except for the thirty seconds we play it at the start of the show. I still think you gotta you gotta remaster it a bit. It needs a bit more of oomph. When I'm in the car, it doesn't fuck. Just crank. That's all of. Lift the audio on it. Jesus Christ! I want those those rolling drums. You're killing me. Uh, I was inspired to write this riff. Is, is, is the guitar riff that ding ding ding? Is that Keithy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was inspired to write this review after listening to this week's pod on my ride to work, and almost collided with Sir Nicholas of Digan on the Royal Park bike track. I thanked him again for his services against Richmond. He was clearly surprised that I recognised him. Was he eating a subway? I don't. I think it was a homemade salad roll. He doesn't strike me as a Someone, subway guy. Someone's ripped in with a subway because it's kind of found its way he, into the He doesn't the story. strike me. Nick Dyken doesn't strike me as a subway guy. Doesn't doesn't pay for sandwiches. No, but it, he just strikes me as a sort of bloke that would just make his own salad roll at home and bring it. I don't think he's swinging by the subway on the way in. Never know. There might have been some subway there, but he apparently he produced it out of his jacket, so it was <laughs> it was with he had it. Um, keep it up, guys. Love the insights and might even make a trip out to Ming's considering the ongoing love it receives. Just a request, uh, not a request, but a suggestion. Black Box Fantasy needs a run if we win a final. Some quality lyrics in there. Now, look. I don't know who that is. You shouldn't have read that out because I know your rule, DJ Request. DJ Request. There's no requests. I love that song. The intro to that is an absolute treat. You should finish an episode. This is a surefire way to make sure that song never. Someone mentioned Flagpole City the other week. That was on my list. It's gone. You deleted it. Deleted it. It's gone. So it's off. Uh, But thank you very much for that, whoever you are. Uh, AJS071 is a user on Twitter, has left a review. We're reading every review. We've got five. Jesus. Which is a lot. Fly through them. Uh, Love the podcast, but to be honest, really only here for the 90s bangers would be five stars, but as as there is no DJ Bobo on the playlist, it gets downgraded to four stars. There's a party by DJ Bobo. I said this, this is, I reckon, during the billing Months. This isn't Christian Vieri, is it? I always thought, I can't remember someone, if they're still listening, please. It was the highlights to Alessandro Del Piero's, like, it was a compilation on SBS. And they sent me the link on Twitter. And I I can't find it. So please, DJ Bobo, there's a party. Why don't you just search YouTube? Les Murray giving it the the outro too. And we leave you with... Remember when that World Game Show used to go for six hours on a Sunday? <laughs> How did they fill six hours of programming? Every league, every game. They basically, and they had, uh, what's his name, uh, Tony Palumbo. Oh, Tony Palumbo. He was going through everything. He was the most pessimistic. I used to wake up. He looked like he hadn't slept in a decade. He'd do the Champions League and he'd be so pessimistic about any Italian team's chances. And then after they'd win, <laughs> it was like, like no, Tony, have you... Lost your marbles, we've mate. Recu- we've, got, we've got your earlier it's predictions. recorded. <laughs> recorded, Tony. When you shit it on everyone. He'd be dead. 
Uh, Tony Palumbo would be dead. Can you look that up while I'm reading this review? Uh, Just for the sport has left another one. Come for the review, stay for the laughs. A smart breakdown and analysis of the game interspersed with blue language and relatable banter. Big thanks for adding the term circle jerk to my lexicon. Given the phrase is used so frequently on the pod, perhaps it deserves its own segment. Uh, keep it up and thanks for your efforts. Thank you very much, Just for the sport for that. Lovely reviews. Thank you so much to everyone who has, uh, who has done so. And as always, like and subscribe. You know, if you, wherever you're listening to the podcast, that way you'll know about it as soon as it drops every week. Uh, Prenda DJ, it was a tricky one last week. I thought we'd have a harder one. And I'd just throw the line out to see if anyone would uh, potentially get what I was getting at. It was Judas Priest's Rapid Fire from the album British Steel, an absolute classic. The LMC got in touch. He had a crack. Uh, based on the clue, I think it's a reference to Sam Petrovsky seaton Judas Priest changed drummers just before a period of commercial success. Unfortunately, SPS has to deal with the shit blizzard at West Coast while we have a crack at the big time. Hashtag Brenda DJ. That is a good attempt, the LMC. Um, very good attempt. But the theme is actually more about the tandem forces we spoke about during the episode. Harry and Charlie at one end, Weeders and Young at the other. And what I was getting at, Fab, if you're familiar with Judas Priest, is the... He's alive. Tony Palumbo. Tony Palumbo is alive. How old? Doesn't say. It's on his LinkedIn profile. Works for SBS. Still. Still. I think he's on SBS radio. He's just there in case they need him for an Italian soccer cross. He's on with Domenico Gentile. What are they talking about? Non lo so. Talking about pasta and... (laughs) Stuff like that. Um, no, so it's basically the two legendary guitarists of Judas Priest, K.K. Downing and Glenn Tipton, are one of music's best double acts. And they would often complement one another um, with their solos and the like. Yep. So that was the thread for that week. Um, some overview chat for us now, Fabian. We're going to get into the pod proper. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that we've reached the 18-minute mark. And that tight 60 is in danger. No, no, it's not. Um, last week we spoke about being 6-2 and two and sort of giving caution what would make that record better was obviously a win this week. So 7-2 and, and then evening out, you know, what that, what that allows us to do, I should say, is even out some of the bumps that we've endured, so the Gold Coast game, yep. and some of the bumps that are no doubt to come as we enter this next phase. So this isn't the same Giants team who have had our number for five or so years and sometimes embarrassingly so. Remember when they outplayed us with 16 on the field. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Um, but it was a really important win all the same, wasn't it? You know, it was away, tricky conditions, a team that don't respect us. Tested-ish. So it was it was pleasing that at, at, at the start, I know you, you listen to the commentators and listen to the, in the aftermath. I try bit, not to. You know, people on radio and so forth, they're saying, you know, the blistering start, it looked like the Blues were going to just rip it to shreds. I, I was never comfortable, even when we were, you know, we basically didn't let them touch the ball in their forward half a, half a quarter. But once it turned into a slog, and we were saying at halftime, we need to structurally change some things, otherwise this will get away with it. And we did. And it showed a bit of maturity about the performance and then, you know, to go on. And in the end, had a pretty good win. Like, as in, it was five goals. So, um... And as you said, it wasn't the GWS of old, but it was still them, still away. Which it was, a, I think, it was I think, a core of that team that's caused that's us right, grief. But it's also to just notch it up away from home too. It also gets rid of that exercise. Carlton, of ha- yeah, but Carlton haven't won on the road this year. 
I think, too, that the next phase of the season for us is all about banking wins while sort of staying afloat. You know, we're, we're going to be on demand for the next period. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a win like this does is insulate us against those potential banana skins that are to come. And you kind of go, geez, if you walk away with a win in the coming week, then you're in a really, really strong position to, to sort of weather that storm. Yep. Um, I want the next three games more than I want almost anything. I want... Friday night will be a huge test because live audience, uh, sorry, a national audience, but, you know, fr- people pay attention more on Friday night. So we're in front of the football world, a good opposition. You, you were talking who, who, down yeah, last yeah, week. Who I've shit-canned, but a, a, a good... From a structure point of view and a game plan, they're, they're, very, they're a sound opposition. We're at home, take care of business. So, and then the next two after that are obviously... Collingwood and Essendon, and everyone wants those wins. So, look, just at the moment on that, you know, we're the walking wounded, you know, with holes in our best 22 all over the park. Hopefully reinforcements are on the way between now and that final stretch, um, and hopefully we can put ourselves in a good position, you know, for when those guys do arrive. Sort of on that best 22 chat, it's kind of equal parts encouraging and frustrating that we haven't seen it. So, no Harry for a spell. You know, Marchbank's hopefully not far away. Cunningham's that mid-year kind of, you know, proposition. You know, Williams is obviously set to be sidelined. They say 10 to 12. We'll talk about that a bit later. Stocker came back in and went straight back out. McGovern is never fit. Kiddos, you know, they're going to miss a big chunk. I've put a line through Martin and McGovern. Yep, no, don't blame you. Um, you know, Pitto's obviously going to miss a big chunk, which is a, which is a problem. But Carlton teams of the past decade, and by teams I mean actually the club, everyone, would have almost used that as an excuse to drop away. Yeah. They would have almost gone, oh, well, we're missing X, Y and Z and, ah, yeah. oh, it's just not us, and Look, there was a bit of a an attitude issue around that. And there were, it, you can't say there wasn't a personnel issue behind that either. We weren't as deep as we were now. Our best 22, if you took you know, 10% out of that, or even more, probably 20% out of that. There wasn't much underneath that coming through. And Whereas we now, there was I, no, um, there was like no imagination either. No, there wasn't. But now, you know, as I, I feel sorry for Zach Williams, but I don't look at it and say we can't cover. Well, hopefully stockers. Mm. It's the one position, and you know, again, this is not me saying that, you know, I wouldn't like Zach Williams in that side. I, I, I like him, but... Halfback flankers is probably halfback flank is probably the one position the Carlton Football Club has yeah, over recruited for in the last five years. They can move around a few pieces in that back six and mm. and cover for that. And again, I don't think Cottrell was too bad. You know, I've I've been one of his bigger detractors. He's not a bad sub. Not a bad sub. I don't know about four quarters of football. Can you can't you, you can't be a professional sub. No. I think he suits that role. Why? Because he comes on and versatile. He's that utility he's, type. Is he, is he though? He's just he's just fit. He's, he's tall. Fit. He's fit. Yeah, but that's how, sometimes that's what you need. You yeah, need no, someone who yeah, can go on a helps. wing, can go on a wing and be fit. But that, but what else can he do? Get from contest to contest. Do you know what I mean? If he needs, yeah, to, if, he needs to play, saying, if he needs to play three quarters, he's available to play three quarters. Yeah, but it's not like he can slip in and defensively take a man. It's not like he's a great lead-up option as a half-forward. No, but... It's not like he can play small. Yeah, but... It's like... He can play taller. 
Can he? A small... He can. He's not... He's not. He's got a good leap. I mean, I could play that as well. I mean, I won't play it well, but I could no, play no, it. No, no, I think... I just think the Cottrell... There's a lot of crap about Cottrell at the moment. He comes on, he has that burst because on a wet, heavy track, he's fitter than everyone else because everyone else has already played a quarter and a half. No, but one thing you can't... You can't take away from him is his effort. He gives effort. He gives 120... He busts a nut do every week. more than effort? Ultimately, to be in this 22, yeah, you do. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. This isn't a conversation about Matt Cottrell, but it's become one. I'm just saying I said I like him as a sub, but you said he can't be a professional sub. No. And I, um, I don't disagree with that, but... I want to talk... The key takeaway I had, um, and this was my what to look out for, Fab and Timbo gave me their what to look out for was about 30 minutes before the start of the game. Oh, at, least, at least I... Um, which was... What, what was sub, I looking out for? Sub-optimal. Um, but what I wanted to see ultimately, and this has kind of flowed onto a broader discussion after the match as kind of our feature piece of this week's show, maturity. You mentioned the word earlier. Let's have a chat about that word. When you're heavily invested in a team that you follow... You know, all you want to do is is believe in that team and you want that team to believe in what they're doing, to have some idea of, you know, what to expect when you walk through the gate, when you turn the TV on. You want some certainty. You want to be able to sort of tune in or rock up to watch your team play and kind of go, I reckon I know what I'm going to get. Yep. Whether we win or, the, or lose the game, go, I reckon I know what we're going to get and we're going to be hard to beat or we're going to be, geez, we're going to have a good win or whatever the case may be. You know, you want the team to look prepared. You want them to be switched on. You want them to play for each other. You want, you know, want them to play with an understanding of what they're doing and why they're doing it. You want them to face adversity with, you know, almost with a bit of a grin, and just sort of go, "That's all right. Yep. Yeah, we got it. We can do the fretting. The fans in the stands can do the fretting." And we did this week. Oh no, that's the phone. What are you uh, doing with that phone call? Hmm. He's just mulling over what to do with this incoming call. Oh, shit. Who rings at 4.58? <laughs> You're going to just let it ring out? Yeah, I, I, I thought I'd sent it to the reception, but obviously... Oh, no. whatever. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you want you know the fans in the stands, we can do the fretting, but the players have to knuckle down and go out and do the job. Yeah. Um, you know, we've lamented these past few years that Carlton have a soft underbelly. And when it all gets a little bit too tough or the odds start to stack up against us, we kind of console ourselves with a brave effort. Yep. Sort of think, oh, that's satisfactory. Oh, we, we lost by four goals and oh, it could have been worse. And I think that the whole competition looked at us that way as well. A bit like Essendon right at the moment. That, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll be happy if they, if they lose by a couple of goals. Oh, they've been brave and all that stuff. It, you know, real licking the asshole type things. <laughs> And you're just like, it's a bit crass, just like it's not good enough, yes. ultimately. Um, so I nutted out three phases in terms of maturity. Phase one, the build-up. Yeah? So it was a pretty interesting week. Harry goes down. Lewis Young gets ruled out. Leon Cameron decides to step away. There were no excuses for us not being ready to go come the first bounce in terms of what are we expecting. There was, we had to know that the Giants were going to be all up for it. We had to know that they were going to be intense. We had to know, you know, they're going to come out bullet a gate. Yep. So with all that stuff in the leading and all the worries that I think we, we were not, not right to have, but understandable to have to go, geez, that's, and you know, Jack Martin misses as well, clearly from, from go, he goes out. 
But all those things, it's kind of going, geez, it's, oh, it's all these things happening in the one week. It's a bit frustrating, but pleasingly, this Carlton team didn't seem to care. Mm. And quite the opposite. Like the, as you said, when there's that emotion attached to it, you know, most people who have played AFL football, when they tell that story about oh, getting up for a, it, kind of lasts that half a quarter. Mm. You know, you come out of the blocks hard, and to snuff that right out. And I mean a proper... The first half of our first quarter was almost flawless. It was just effort after effort after effort. It was a wet, slippery, greasy day. And it gives them something to chase as well, which expends a bit of energy. You've got to use energy to claw back. Never want to play catch-up football. No. But the other thing, too, I actually put this on Twitter. I'd, I'd always prefer to be the last team to face the outgoing coach. Because I just reckon it's less likely to be any surprises, as silly as that sounds. Why would the coach... So you'd say you'd rather face Leon Cameron than to Mark face Lefay. Mark Lefay. Why is Leon Cameron going to throw the, the playbook out? Yeah. Like, he's not going to do that. His last game, why is he going to mix everything up and change everything up for the last game? You, It would be more nerve-wracking going, well, what, what will McVay do? We actually don't know. Mm. We actually don't know what he's thinking, how he'll set up, will he do anything? We're actually, we're actually going to have to spend... 10 or 15 minutes really closely assessing who's where, who's doing what, what are the changes. So it becomes like a frustrating, almost a game of memory where you kind of like all the study we've done could actually be obsolete. Yeah. How does it marry up with what we're actually seeing? Um, just on that as well, I don't know where you sit, but I'm, I'm always of the mind, once you, once you decide to go, once, once they decide to break up, just yeah. break up. Yeah. Don't coach one more game. No. Or... Have the chat with the CEO and go, I'll just resign after the game. Yep. I'll do it. We, we don't need to hold a press conference. No, I'll, I'll do, do it, it in my press I'll, conference. I'll do it in the press conference. I'll just resign. Yeah. Um, and we'll tell the playing group at, in the team meeting mm. at the end of the game, look, that's me done. Yep. Um, blah, 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 blah. Or we'll tell them if you want to use it as motivation. Maybe tell them pre-game. pre-game. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. But, but just this idea for me, I'm just like... Just once you decide it's the end of the road, mm. just go. Yeah. Don't. What, what are you hanging around for one more week or four more weeks or to get the farewell lap? It's like, no, just go. But I don't – call me a heartless prick, but I, I didn't get the whole guard of honour. Yeah, I thought it was over the top. We're going – like this, back in the day, no one got a guard of honour. Now everyone gets a guard of honour. Now everyone gets a guard of honour. Soss, I reckon, was the first when Richmond lined up for Soss's 300. I don't re- really recall anything before that. But it was just this... I don't... Yeah, the thing for me yesterday was... And Leon's, Leon's got a good record as a coach. And the only two players that hugged him... Yeah, were Williams <laughs> and Kennedy. <laughs> no, Plowman. Oh, of course. It was Plow and, uh, and Williams. But this... Yeah, it was, just, it, was a, it was a weird one. I just sort of thought, oh, yeah, okay. At least you screwed me over to my face. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I just wouldn't be looking for the cheap gimmick bounce. Yeah. The cheap gimmick bounce of, oh, it's my last game, boys. Let's get up for Leon. That's an indictment on him, though. It is. Absolutely it is. But phase two, phase two, we kind of mentioned it, obviously, um, just, just a moment ago. Just hanging tough. Once they settled, once they settled into the game after our initial blitz, they did start to turn the screws and get on top. And we kind of would, we would sort of hanging on in a few ways. Yeah. You know, hanging on for half time, just staying in the contest, riding out that, Second win they eventually once mm. they found their footing, um, they were pushing what I call the gate further and further up the ground, trying to lock us 
in more and more and we kind of couldn't work our way out of it. But in terms of maturity, what I liked about it was it sort of had the pangs of, I've heard this a few times and I, I do like it. So it's the second quarter. It's time on in the second quarter. It's a couple, one goal game, not even. Yep. No, you, we're up by two. But you want to get the next goal. You always want to kick the next goal. But you don't need to kick it in the next 30 seconds. No. So play with some maturity. Play with some smarts. You, yeah, try to kick the next one. But you don't – It's there's, there's an hour and ten minutes to play. Yeah. There's so much time for this game to be decided. Don't do anything rash. Don't do anything stupid. You've got the lead. Dictate the tempo. We always talk about football and those great teams. Great teams dictate the tempo. Yep. And they control the speed at which the game is played. Whether they have the lead or they don't, the game is played – we keep on – how many times do you hear it? I've got the game on our terms. All that fucking jerk-off mm. nonsense. Yeah. You're like, do you, do you even know what that means? No. It's like, it was in the handbook. Yeah. The cliche handbook. Yeah, and you're like, no, it means completely control the game and have your style of game played, whether it be front half, whether it be, you know, attacking into open yeah, open. we did grass. that for the majority of the game. We were able to do that. So even when the Giants were kind of getting on top, we were able to kind of control the tempo, which was really pleasing. We, we, we made them go through slow, methodical build-ups, which allowed us to better defend them. Absolutely. And then lastly, phase three is obviously in the last quarter. So how many times in recent years have we spoken about this? Have we spoken about our guys going to the huddle, three-quarter time, well and truly in a game, perhaps even leading? Do they leave the huddle convinced they'll win? Mm. I've sat at games where there was a Collingwood game that's pretty vivid where you just went... Is it the Crips goal? Is that the Collingwood game where they kind of kicked the last four in... Like no time Potentially, but it was like, I just remember sitting there thinking, you should absolutely, you played good footy today. You are in this up to your eyeballs. Yep. Are you walking back to position thinking you're going to win the game? And you can't be convinced. You look at them going, I don't know. Whereas yesterday, at least, there was a bit of a sense of, okay, we'll go back out. We're, yeah, let's see how this plays out. If we do what we do, we get the win. And they did. It took yep. them no time. Within five minutes, the game was over. Yep. And he went, that's what you've got to do. You know, two quick goals, brilliant start. And I think, too, more proof as well that the more we produce these types of moments, the more momentum we get, the more belief we get. It all, it's, it's all, it's a revolution. And everything, one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to we another. We spoke about... But if the first domino doesn't fall... Finally putting North away. Yep. With some confidence having been unable to do it against Hawthorne unable to do it against Port. Yeah. And then the next week they put Adelaide away. Going to the huddle at a pretty tight game and a, in a pretty important game in terms of the context of a season and leaving the huddle confident you can win and then actually winning, that's just more reaffirm, you know, you know affirm it that you sort of go, that worked. Yep. Yeah, that worked, didn't it? That's pretty good. We weren't just kind of leaving the huddle hoping that Cripps would pull our asses mm. over the line or Harry would... It's like teaching kids. You're not going to get hurt, but they don't know that until they do something. They're like, oh, shit, I didn't get hurt. They, well, until, they, until they do something and they don't get hurt. You're absolutely right. Um, oh, no. Ooh. Oh. Is this the Bloodhound Gang? It is the Bloodhound Gang. You know what's brilliant about this song? Are they dressed up as monkeys? Yeah, they're in Paris. 
you know what's funny about this song? Like, so this is when gimmick songs used to actually be kind of good. Now gimmick songs are just shit. It's a great track. It's great. Oh, Watch X-Files. They have a follow-up bit. They had Foxtrot Uniform, Charlie Kilo. That wasn't a bad song. They had The Roof Is On Fire. Oh, yeah. That, was, that? that wasn't a bad track. But nothing on this guy. The the cover of the single was Two Zebras having sex. <laughs> imagine them just going through the Nat Geo archives. What were they searching? Like, the tags? <laughs> I don't know. They go to some archivalist and it's like, we need... Two animals. Shagging. Doing it. Mm. Classic. And why did we play that, Fab? You have to take this because... Um, because the Blues are back, Sean. The Blues are back. Always, See, unlike, a, always a pleasure. Unlike Sean, uh, unlike Tim. I took that alley-oop and I dunked it. Yeah, Kareem. <laughs> Tim, Tim himself, he's back to the rim. <laughs> Hold on. Dribble. <laughs> Dribble. 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 That's the shot clock. <laughs> shot clock. <laughs> oh, shit, I've got a skyhook. Oh, damn it. Ah, uh, Timbo, 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 Timbo. Did we get another episode tonight of the... Uh... No, it's over. The last, this last week was the last ep. They won the championship. <laughs> what are you talking about? But are they just doing the 1980 season? They're not... Is it yes. A... So there's no more? No, they're, they're going to come back and do more, apparently. Because hmm. it gets more juicy. Well, next the next year's a bit weird because nothing really happens the next year. They, they get knocked out by the Sixers, I think. Hmm. It gets juicy when oh, Pat, not, not the, no, Pat not the Riley Sixers. takes who Who'd Moses Malone play for? They get knocked out by them, and then the Celtics win the championship. And then it's not till the next year that they sack Westhead early in the year and bring in Pat Riley. So I reckon they'll probably bring those two together because they've got to get to the Lakers and the Celtics playing each other. Yeah, it's the bird magic, which doesn't which doesn't happen until eighty four. And Pat, yeah, Pat's the coach. So it's like I think they'll do a time jump. To be honest, I think they are. I actually wouldn't be surprised if the second season they're building up the slicking of the hair. Have you noticed? Yeah, that? I don't know if he did it that early, but they, that's it's like that classic look in the mirror and like, who but am he, I becoming? But he sees his old man and whatever. It's like, oh, come on. I reckon he always had slick back. I don't think he ever rocked this other shag dude that they're running with. I reckon he probably just came into a bit more cash. Jerry West. Like there was a great photo. Have you seen the photo of Tom Brady on like at his? Um, combine the combine photo. Yeah, they had the photo. Fo- they had that photo, and then they had like a photo of him recently. And the caption was, "You're not ugly. You're just poor." <laughs> and I was like, "You're right." So Pat Riley probably just had a few extra dollars in the bank, and he probably thought, "I'm going to buy some nice suits, uh, money suits, and I'm going to slick back, get a good haircut. And don't, have to, don't have to go to the guy charging four dollars a haircut anymore." But I reckon what they'll do, bookmark this. I think they'll start the next season of this Lakers show winning time with them getting knocked out of the 81 finals. I think that'll be the... Yeah, they'll skip ahead all the boring parts. I reckon they'll start there and then the Celtics win the championship and then we'll get a time jump to them sacking Westhead and Riley coming in. Yep. I don't think Jason Siegel's getting too many more episodes. He's horrible. He's bad. He's very bad. Yeah, he's not a good actor at all. You know what I did watch the other day? So the guy from The Terminator who plays... um Jerry West. Jason Clark, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Him in the final, in the game seven or game six against the uh Sixers. That's me watching Carlton. That yeah. is me watching Carlton. And well, I still I still really haven't wandering around the arena. And I never used to be like this, but I just I can't watch. I get nervous. I get fucking anxiety through the roof. 
I become a different person. And there's times where if yesterday got close, I would have had to turn it off. And that's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. Not good for the health. But that, when it's I watch that, I'm thinking... It's bad for the podcast as well. It's, <laughs> what did I haven't seen you the haven't game? You haven't seen the game. <laughs> no, I always go back and watch it. Win, lose or draw. Yeah. Sometimes I just can't handle that emotion. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They've broken me. They've broken a lot of us. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. What were you talking about? We were talking about something, weren't we? The winning time? <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. We've lost it. We've lost it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, now Fab's dying. Uh, chicken salads. Uh, not from the cough, mate. That's chicken salads. Should be a lot of chicken salads and very little uh, chicken shits. Yeah, there's a couple. Um, Jack Silvani. Yeah, brilliant. I thought that was his best. Oh, I thought that was his best game for the club. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought he was so important because he had to play the role of the hybrid half forward. He presented up the ground brilliantly, particularly the longer the game went. Took eight marks. Yeah, twenty odd touches. Kicked two goals. We needed someone to be two like, brilliant goals. But we needed someone to be like H's avatar. We weren't going to replace Harry Mackay. No. no. But we just needed someone to replace him. Give us a give us an option down the line. Take a mark. Let us get up the field. Give us some territory. I thought he was really, really good. He was, and his his pressure and effort is there every single week. But I think he finally got rewarded. And look, even look externally, you can hear the commentators go, "Oh shit, Jack's playing well. Jack's been playing well for a while. He plays well fairly regularly." Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Corey Durden, Top, best game for the club. He's only played ten games, I think. But that's his best, <laughs> as Gary Lyon might say. It's a small sample size. It's Can someone get Gary a lozenge? Your Gary is your kingy. The they both sound the same. Um, get the man a butter menthol. Remember the uh, the Don Corleone version of the the strepsils ad? Oh no, it was a uh, yeah, Suthers. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, but Corey Durden, mischievous, energetic, mischievous, energetic, just up and about, buzzing. He was just clever. I thought he was so yeah. clean. I thought he was a conduit between sort of half forward and yeah. Charlie. And finished off, which is, we'll talk about it in the chicken shits. Will we? <laughs> but I thought he was so clean. I thought he was so creative. I thought he was really important in opening the game up yep. as well, just because he was so clean below his knees. Um, you know, we mentioned he's played 10 games. He's going to have these ups and downs where people were kind of a bit off him a few weeks ago. Mm. By virtue of his inexperience, by virtue of... Um, the position on the field that he plays, he's going to have ups and downs. Yep. Uh, it was also nice to see Motlop did a few okay things. Yep. You know, he was he was not terrible. Didn't, sh- didn't shirk. No, no, but he, he wasn't like, he was by no means fantastic, but he, no. he did a few nice things. Obviously, he kicked a nice goal um, and enough to kind of, you know, give you a glimpse of, oh, yeah. Yep. He's got a bit of talent about him. Yep. Um, Cripps and Walsh. Don't use it. Don't say it. Don't say what? Batman or Robin. No, no, no. I do have that heading here. Um, <laughs> no, look, it's a bit unfair to be so blasé about their games um, because of the level of excellence at which they so routinely play. But both are really, really strong contributors on the day. You know, Walsh, as you mentioned earlier, his best game for the year. I thought what was really important about his game was his ability to cover the ground yep. and his ability to keep on going. The longer the game went, his running yep. didn't drop. His running is going to get better. Obviously... It was going to be a major setback during his rehab, obviously with the surgery and so forth. What he was going to lose most was that 
power running. And it's taken, what, nine weeks? And he's kind of got it back. But this was one of the first weeks where you sort of thought, the longer the game went... He's getting better. Well, he's still at that level. Everyone else is laboured, heavy legs, but he's still getting to contests, still sweeping out the back, running forward. He's like those batteries that are in the Dyson. A lot of equipment have got it these days. He's like a lithium-ion battery. They don't power down, so they don't get like slower and slower and slower. They go full. Does anyone else ever wonder, like... There'd be people yelling, going, it's was, called this. I was going to say, I was going to call him Miles Dyson, but he's the guy from T2. Um, he invented the, the chip, you know, which obviously led to the downfall of humanity. He doesn't, no. Skynet is the program. Yeah, Skynet's the, yeah. But who does he work for? Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne, that's the one. And he creates the computer chip. I was going to call him yeah. Miles. What's Dyson's actual name? The Dyson, the vacuum man? James Dyson. James Dyson. Clearly a brilliant, brilliant man. One of the, one of the, the smartest men of our times. Can you stop making fucking hair dryers and vacuum cleaners and like curling wands, mate? <laughs> what do you want to make? Something else. That that curling wand, the like, air the air wrap, cost me nine hundred dollars for Kelly. I've got my, I got mum. We we all went in and got her one of those hair dryers for birthday. I think yep. we got one. Fantastic. Of like it's a it's a really cool piece of kit, and you're like, what a marvelous! Like, and by the way, they're not silent. No, they're not. They're very loud. They're, no, but once you then go back to a normal hairdryer, you realise they are very quiet. They are, but they're still they're still loud. They're still loud. It's air, mm. like it's a fan. Mm. But the point is, fantastic piece of engineering and ingenuity and all that. You're like unbelievably clever, man. Yeah. Stop making fucking vacuum cleaners. I don't care what else you make something else. Focus on Mitch McGovern's hamstring. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Let's well, put a cyclonic vacuum cleaner. Yeah, in place yeah. Of let's. Oh, his hey, tendons. Well, what else? What can we do for Jack Martin's calves? <laughs> can we focus on that, mate? We've got nine hundred G's wrapped up in this guy. Can you do something about his calves? That's where Timbo would be like, no, 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 six fifty a year. Are you going, Timbo? <laughs> and I said to my and I, and I thought to myself. You sit there and you go. Oh, you sit there and you go. <laughs> That's the one. No, but... Jay, I'm going to call him Miles Dyson again. Miles Dyson, stop working on that computer chip. It's going to end badly for us. Judgment day. Mm. But... Fucking vacuum cleaners and stuff like that. You're like, mate, dream a bit bigger than this. He's made himself a good amount of coin. I, you know what? If he's happy making vacuum cleaners and hair dryers and shit like that, good on him. And fans, you know, stationary fans. Yep. Like, good on you. I've got but one of them too. And air purifiers. <sighs> He's got you on the hook. I don't have the purifier, but we've got my mum's got the fan and we've got all the hair Is that the big sort of cylindrical one? The sort of taller one? Yes, it's tall and like, yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, back to the Carlton stuff. Uh, I also put in terms of Crips and Walsh, just the depth in behind them. Jo- um, I was going to call him Josh Kennedy. Fucking hell. Maddie Kennedy. Zach Calf, 10 to 12 weeks. Thanks, Sandra Sully. Is that Timbo Davis? That's Pierre. Yes. Thanks. Um, Kennedy, 27 touches, kicked a goal, took eight marks, had uh, 11 score involvements. He was really, really good on the night. Uh, George Hewitt had 30 touches, took eight marks, had a game-high eight clearances. And importantly for Hewitt, the note I had here, and even Williams as well to an extent, Newman too, know the conditions. Played a lot of footy in Sydney, played a lot of that twilight footy in Sydney, night games and the like. I hope 
they were asked for some intel, for some IP, for some yep. something. I hope that they actually went out to him because he just played the conditions and his stat line shows that his impact on the game shows. The it. only thing Georgie's got to improve on is his, the height of his kicks inside 50. They're very high. Very, very Might high. Might have just been getting under him too. And I was, of, and look, brilliant game, especially comeback game. You know, he's missed a couple of weeks. He still, he looked a little bit proppy at times. Burning Jack oh. at the end of the second quarter. I reckon Cost that, him a vote. That almost, that almost kills them off. Because we go three goals up. Instead, they go back the other end and kick two and we go into half time. The one thing I will say about that moment... He didn't even turn around. If he turned around and saw Jack and goes, I'm not he confident... Might, but he might have had a look inside and gone too risky to pop the kick over. If there's someone coming, we, we can't see that side of the ground. I remember getting shitty because I don't think he turned around. No, but... Unless he knew... Who was where? And I'd say I, I completely get where you're coming from, but yeah. if you just had a flash inside and went, uh, I'm gonna have to pop it over. I'm gonna have to give it some air. Mm. And he does kick it high. Does it get there? Fab has just said he kicks it high. Do kick it high. Um, Adam Chera was. <laughs> yes, we're going through his head. <laughs> Fab, Fab said I kick it high. <laughs> uh, Chera, yeah, 24, laid seven Serve tackles, which was good. Yep, a really strong game. Uh, Lockie O'Brien, but that's what you want. You don't want anyone to have shit games. You just nah, contributors. You, that's right. Uh, Lockie O'Brien, he had 22 touches, took eight marks, kicked a very, very important goal, uh, 672 metres gained. And he's, a, he's becoming the new Michael Sexton. He had a game-high seven inside 50s as well. That's his job. Um, but he's a bit of a Michael Sexton. He does love an out-of-bounds on the full. I think that... Sexton so, used to like, do one a week. And just wanted to get it out of the system <laughs> early. Um, I think that typically people with lob, potentially more than anyone else, they just look for the errors. And I think it actually... You were up for a bit of a scuffle. No, but I think it just stops them looking at the bigger picture. Like, one guy was cracking that had a go at him for the holding the ball, and it's like, what, the run where he was running flat, as Kingy would say it, 100% rat power. (laughs) The one where he was running flat chat and the ball didn't quite come back up to him. And you're like, well, that's... You've got to lean over, you've got to try to get the ball, you lose space, you slow. Like, I'm not... If anything... On a a wet day, I'm not going to hang him out to dry for that. I'm not going to hang him out. No, no, neither am I. But when... Obviously... In, hi- in hindsight, you don't take a bounce on that surface. We had to, mate. Territory, just kick it forward. There was no one there. You reckon? It's hard to tell on the TV. So, this is where Timbo would actually be useful. <laughs> he was our... What was He's he? our man on the ground. Man on the ground. He's our uh, Mr. X, Denzel, inside man. <laughs> um, but no, I thought Lob was good. You know, had some had some moments, but he had some really good moments as well. Just stop focusing on all the negative, because if you do that with every player... You're going to have a long night. Yeah. Uh, and then Zach Fisher Well, I gave well. Doc three votes and he gave away that, that bloody Toby Green goal that shipped me to no end. Mm. Um, Zach Fisher kicked a couple goals, laid four tackles. Um, I thought he had an, another productive you, night. When, no, when, more than productive. He was... Really had 18 touches. Yeah, but he, it, they were all good. He was he was also very... Like, what did I, what did I used to describe Corey Durden? Mischievous. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, sure it was cheeky. It was, it was kind yeah. of like around everything. Like well, It was almost like Stephen Milne-like. It was like a tip rat. <laughs> and you know what that leads to? God, just, I hate that so much. You, you, you loved it when they started going, nom, 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 nom. That was just Gary in the background. And then, <laughs> do you ever get the feeling that Gary and JB, like... They used to have fun. No, but do you ever get the feeling now that they actually can't stand the sight of each other? I think they can't. It's a weird, real frosty thing whenever like they come up or very you know, intermittently when one comes up with the other one in a conversation. I think they put it aside 
when they did the Spud tribute, but I don't think they've ever since the Billy and Gary thing they've not been right. But they were separated. Why would JB? Yeah, but I think JB and Gaz. Their relationship has been soured since then. Oh, why would JB give a shit? I don't fucking know. Grow up. Here you go. That's my first F-bomb in two, three weeks. I thought Charlie was good. By no means spectacular, but he worked, kept competing. Worked, worked, Correct, correct. And then got rewarded in the last quarter. Yeah, and looked very tough conditions. And he's very good, Sam Taylor. Very, very good footballer. Yeah, yeah the media keep telling us that. No, um, no, no. He's a very good footballer. Yeah. But, I mean, without his mate there, he kept presenting up to the ball, finally got his reward, as you said. We spoke about Doc off the top. Could have got a few f- few frees too. He's just wearing the wrong colour jumper. Um, we spoke about Doc off the top, was really, really good again. Um, he's having a super year. Uh, like, we, we spoke about it a week or two ago about his form being the story of the year. Did you know he had a 60-metre kick in him like that? Uh, yeah. I know he had, he had a, a shitload of momentum. I think he's just very cleverly realised... At that point, there was no one. There was someone feverishly running back to the goal yep. square. But he sort of thought, oh. Campo style. Do I have to? Whereas Campo only had to kick at 35 and let it roll in. One of my favourite Campo stories of all time. Um, I don't know who we were playing, MCG Friday night. And he took the kick in, which I never really liked Campo taking the kick ins. I didn't think he was a great kick in. Could be a bit flighty. Mm-hmm. But he basically, so he took the kick in. This is when you had to kick the ball to yourself to exit the goal square. He didn't do that. He just ran out of the goal square. <laughs> and he got away with it. And then eventually the umpire pinned him for running too far. And he, as Campo had a... He gesticulated wildly. He went, what are you talking about? He had literally run about 40 metres. Paddy Cripps get away with it. sort of thinking... It's one of the two things, Campo. It's definitely a free kick. <laughs> and you also didn't kick it. And you also didn't kick it to yourself. So, uh, but yeah. And then lastly, the defensive mix. I thought Raul... The yeah. lake was very yeah. good. Very, very good. However, still a phrase from Stephen A. Smith, he was playing on a bona fide scrub. <laughs> this is what I would expect Jacob to do. I'd expect him to control the game yeah. when he's so much better than his opponent. That's right. So because his opponent wasn't of the quality where you require 100% of his attention, Jacob could work a little bit off. It and was he was very- just reading the ball better. And he's a very good kick of the football. He is. Low penetrating kick. But we spoke again, a lack of respect is sometimes a good thing. Yeah. If you look at your opponent and go, mm. better than you are. Yep. Uh, and then you play like that. People aren't going to like this. Mr. Plough. No, he was good. I thought he was good. Mr. Plough. You know, people hate clean, him, Fab. Clean hands in the wet too. People hate him. They do hate him. He's, he's one of those, he's a, he's a whipping boy. I'm setting you up for the, the Kareem. People hate him. I don't because get Because... <laughs> Dribble. Dribble. Back Dribble. to the rim. Back to the <laughs> rim. Post up. Post up. They hate him because they... Ain't him. Ain't him. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly true. But no, they hate, <laughs> they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> uh, look, Mr. Plough, he's unfashionable, but he's more solid than people give him credit yep. for. And I think that he's a guy we see a lot of talk. We're going to talk about Brody Kemp in a moment. We see a lot of talk about people trying to justify Brody Kemp getting a game because, oh, he'll be better in a better team. Oh, he's one of those players, Fab. You know, like, if you put him in a shit team, he'll be shit. And you're like, that's not a good thing. No. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But I think that Plough, unsurprisingly, when the team plays better, when the team has a better structure, when he's not left one out isolated in the goal square against a quicker opponent with 35 metres to lead into, yeah, he'll probably be more solid. Yeah. So he was good. Uh, Nick Newman, 
went on to Toby Green. Uh, Nick had, I think I've got here, Nick had 18 touches at about 350-odd metres gain. was pretty pretty good. The Apart from the Sam Doherty goal... Well, Toby kicked, had seven disposals. He, two. he provided the highlight of the day for me. His vision and execution to hit Jack Silvani in the space. Mm. So he's kicked basically across the ground. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. No, no, look, he was good, and, he, and he, had that, he had the job, obviously, the, the danger job, and, and did a really, really good job on Toby, yep. um, who's ripped our hearts out a number of times. Mm. Do you uh, know, what I, know what shits me, though? Tell me. Lay it on me. And I know you're going to say, Fab, don't pay attention to anything people say in the media. Fab? Don't pay attention to anything people say in the but media. But it wasn't Nick Newman had a good game. It was, oh, yeah, no, Toby's still working his way back in. Fuck that. Fuck that. Toby wasn't injured. He was he was soundly beaten. He was suspended because he's a dickbag. He got a tin-ass goal because Doc handed one to him. No, I agree. But that's that's the nature of the beast is that it's never your opponent played well. It's the classic we've spoken about, the funny, it was on Twitter, the online games pie chart. It was about FIFA. And it said, reasons I lose at FIFA. It said, 99% of the time, fucking bullshit. 1% my opponent was better. That's what, that's what people's yeah. default is. Um, and then Brody Kemp, lastly, I thought he was, I thought he was, he was okay. okay. Yep. People rushing to, he was okay. Yeah. He didn't make an error, so therefore, or didn't make an obvious error, so yeah. people... Like, don't, get, like, don't get carried away yeah. with that performance. He it, was fine. Yeah. You know, he played on Himmelberg. The only way that scrub's going to get a goal, he got that soft free kick. He is... Now that you're not, not, Jeremy Cameron's not there and stuff, you just look at him and go, you are just a waste of space. You're like a third and a half forward. I would take um, balding mate uh, Jeremy Finlayson ahead of Harry Himmelberg. I think yeah. Finlayson gets more involved. Yeah, Himmelberg, he just doesn't offer you anything. Um what have we got? We've got the chicken shits now. Shouldn't be a lot of them. No, there's not a lot of chicken shits, but they are important to cover regardless. Oh, there's another 90s banger. Track and a half. Now, this is a legit banger. Can you hear that? Can you hear that bass? This is year 10 work experience. What, are you at a Euro dance club in France? Nah, I think it must have been Triple J's number one song. So it was played all the time in the office I was working in. What a classic. You know what I love about these guys too is that made heaps of cash, whatever, no one knows what they look like. I think they have the mask. They, they have, yeah. but like the, the vast for you a band. You see them down the street, you're not going to go, oh. No, for a band of their size and their success, they're basically anonymous. But that's their gimmick, I like it. There was a Veepler function a few years ago that was a French theme. Everyone just went as Daft Punk. No, that was Pete and I were going to go as Daft Punk. We looked at renting the helmets. They were very, very expensive. Well, just to rent. You couldn't rent them. You had to buy them. Uh, so then we just went with like like a blue, white and red type tie. And I had my Eric Cantona pin on the little You should have gone as Eric Cantona. Yeah, I wasn't going to go for And just go on kicking people. Nah, <laughs> just I, I, go fly I, We kicking. still wanted to wear the suits and stuff and, you know, be presentable. But just to have the helmets would have been... Awesome. That would have been awesome. That would have been a real highlight of the night for everyone who was there, but you uh, balked at the, the price tag. <laughs> you bloody oath I balked and, at the price tag. Uh, that probably cost you some business. They got they got three absolute bangers, Daft Punk. Yeah, one more time. Oh, that is that's their best. That's two thousand. That didn't that didn't I make know. the cutoff. Nineties bangers. 
What's celebrating dance so free? That's a brilliant track. Oh, the the alive the live album's very good. Have you heard that? No. They do a bunch of like remixes, and it's it's just called Alive. I think it's two thousand seven, um, and they do around the world. The probably the best track on the on the live album is Around the World and Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. They mesh them together, yeah, and it's absolutely unbelievable. Imagine if you went to this conference as Daft Punk. How much were their helmets? Oh, they were like eight hundred odd dollars. Okay, yeah. So it's a sixteen hundred dollar outlet. Okay, yeah. How much? How much business would have generated? None. What are you talking about? Vipler is a circle jerk of the industry. There's no actual clientele there. It's more of an industry event. So now you go there. You, you know, you get to mingle and you know. Shoot the shit with people you work with, but I don't think you're really generating work. Oh, that's terrible. Sixteen hundred dollar outlay is massive. Massive. Would have got a good Instagram post out of it. You should deliver the mail with one of those tough bug masks on. Might scare the dogs away. You been bitten by a dog lately? Not lately. Did you get close? No. Wasn't there an article about someone getting bit by a dog? No, nah, they do this all the time. Every the Australia Post PR guys just put out these. Well, think about it. Every every couple of months, there's the same stories. Like we'll come up to Christmas, and there'll be like a Australia Post ready for the Christmas rush. You know, they put on extra. Going, we do the same stories every. Do year. they actually put on any one extra? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're bracing for you know record numbers, and you're like, it's Christmas. It's busy. That's how it works every year. And they're always surprised. They're always caught off guard. You're like, what are you what are you talking about? Um. Chicken shits, we've got to start with the Zach Williams injury. This isn't about Zach Williams so much as it is the broader strength and conditioning conversation, which I think is worthwhile having. Yep. So the guy managing an Achilles issue, I do we believe that he's done a high-grade calf? Well, you're not coming back from a Achilles. Will he come back? When do we get if this? He come, if he comes back in 10 weeks. When do we get the setback? When's he, when's he going to have the setback? Week 8. Yeah. Just when he's getting close to maybe so. full training. And this is me being absolute Johnny Raincloud. This is me. Absolutely. Absolutely. This stuff going on. But I just wonder oh, how long till he gets the setback, which buys them September to March for his recovery. I don't think they lie about that. It didn't look like a calf. It didn't look like it. But the one thing that was different about Zach. I'm not saying you have to look behind, but a lot of people feel like you've been shot. And, you know, people look behind them like they've been hit, whereas he kind of just collapsed. And I remember Jordan Ruffhead saying it in an interview once that when it went, he goes, I actually wasn't in pain. He goes, like, I couldn't move, couldn't move it, but I wasn't in pain. Whereas Zach looked like he was in a shitload of pain. See, a friend of mine did it. Funny story. I might have told this story on pod. Um, one of my great regrets, I wasn't there. It was an indoor soccer and he, he did his Achilles, and it was apparently a spiteful-ish match. And as he was writhing around on the ground, he was yelling, which one of these C-bombs, which one of these got me? Someone kicked me. But no, no one was and around then, him. And one of the guys walked over and goes, what are you doing? And he goes, one of them got me. Who got me? Which one was it? He goes, you just fell over. <laughs> and he goes, what? Who was, was it? Sorry? Who was it? Oh, you don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. But no, he goes, basically, he goes, yeah, he, he, and he said it was quite painful. Yeah. He goes, he was, he was in a bit of pain and he was writhing around on the ground yelling at people. Sorry, I'll clarify. 
this is only from one story that I heard from Jared Ruffett on the radio, but he said it hurts when it goes, but then he sat there and he goes, I wasn't in pain. Whereas Zach looked like he was in pain. On the floor, they carried him off. On the bench, he was distraught. He was sobbing. But I think, look, the, the, the concern I have is you look at the numbers now and you kind of go, well, the guy managing an Achilles does something approximating an Achilles. If you want to split hairs, maybe it's higher than that. But wow, we'll wait and see how that plays out. The guy in rehab for a hammy does his hammy again. The guy with the calf problems keeps aggravating his calf. And then there's another guy who either completely fudged his medical history or wasn't assessed properly or has suddenly developed a debilitating back injury the minute he stepped into the club. He's never injured himself on the playing field. So, so this is where you go, this isn't about Williams and Williams' injury in and of itself, but just our general S&C performance. So, like, it's just but an I'll, ongoing look, concern. This is, this is me playing devil's advocate. I'm not here to say, you know... Jack Russell's got it wrong or the, the fitness staff have got it wrong or they've got it right, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say we looked a little bit unfit at the start of the year and then say look, these what you're saying was suggesting might be an overload problem. You know, with what? the guy with the Achilles. No, know, no, no. The no. guy with the back. The no, guy okay. Hey, hey, so we're not hey, obviously hey, overloading. Hey, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes, kid. Pump the brakes, big gooner. What's that from? I don't know. No, so the problem here is... Tropic you, Thunder. You can't have a umbrella style. If you've got guys who you know, and if you and I know that Jack Martin's calves are a bit iffy or that Zach Williams is battling freaking Achilles tightness or if, you know, what's his face? Mitch McGovern's got um, uh, cheese sticks for hamstrings. <laughs> like if, if we know that... Surely the strength and conditioning guys do. What do you like, expect them like, to do? So there's guys at Box Hill, for instance, who do very, very, very little training week to week because if they did full training, they wouldn't play. Yeah. So the attitude is, well, do we want you to complete Tuesday session or do we want you to play? So do some light rehab, do some bike work, do some gym indoors, whatever the case may be, no, one's, no two bodies are the same. And when you know you've got a lot of salary wrapped up in a lot of talented guys who really, really struggle to make it through freaking training sessions, maybe don't have them do the training sessions like everyone else. I'm not disagreeing with you, but what's to say that these guys, once just one that when they're under match, full match load, they just can't handle it. What are they carrying load from previously? Is it training? I just reckon... Is that where they're carrying fatigue? They just can't go at AFL load level, if that makes any sense. For any sustained period, and this is where, where unfortunately we can't have an informed conversation. Because in how do you rehab? Knowing. How do you rehab something? Right, I know you're talking about the setbacks and what have you, but how do you rehab something and you're pretty much okay for ten weeks at training, and then are you get injured in two quarters of football? Are you okay? Well, they're obviously building up, building up, building up, building up, building up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer is. I've got to say the, the even the March Bank thing last year. But that was unfortunate. He did his knee. Is it a fatigue thing? Is it a loading thing? Nah, is it a training it's thing? There's a fucking innocuous incident. Sometimes that's how they happen. It was like pushing off. It wasn't like he landed. It was a, pushing off. Had a Roy Keane. I don't know. We haven't mentioned Roy for a week. so He um, lunged he in. He tried to crudely tackle someone and he sort of got his leg caught, didn't he? Yeah. So kind of just, it was just awkward. Yeah, but I'm just saying the Marchbank things come back from they told us he had bone bruising. 
and then he comes back and plays a game and lasts eight minutes and tears his ACL. I don't know what to say. Yeah, good could stuff. Be, just could be unfortunate. Um, but look, it, it's just a concern. We've got a lot but of it, cash. And obviously it is, you have to start looking into it and internally they will be and hopefully the answer is that they're getting satisfactory answers out of it. Uh, the other chicken shit, not even about performance really, just the turnaround. We played you know, on a heavy track, we've had a really gutsy win, we've lost another soldier, which is disappointing. Fingers crossed, get Lewis Young back, that shouldn't be any issues. But we've got a really sharp turnaround. Yeah. We play Friday night, so it's a really big week for that strength and conditioning team to get it right. And I feel like we'll know early. We're going to sleep in the ice baths. Mr Plough didn't add, didn't he, for Great Southern Bank in the ice bath? He did. But I just hope that... I, I think, think that was still called the CUA... Yeah, time. maybe. I like the rebrand. I'm a CUA slash Great Southern Bank customer. We still have an account open ourselves. There you go. It's Kelly's account from when she was four. She still does, like, has to go into the into the branch. <laughs> Her account number's like four digits. <laughs> Her account number's just seven. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just, just like I said, I think we'll know early yeah. on Friday how we're looking SNC-wise. Yeah. And that's... What do they have, half a day... More than us. They played Saturday night. Yeah, so it's not, but a it's just in, just in terms of, you know, for us, it's, it could be a tricky one, but hopefully they, they manage that really well. And then the other chicken shit here, you're going to have to indulge me, Faber Ganoush. Paddy Dow. Yep. And his continued omission from the team. Yep. I'm sure that people will say that the ends justify the means and blah, 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 blah. Yep. Oh, Matty Cottrell came in and put in a shift and all that shit. And, oh, you know, we can't have him because of balance. We can't put him in the team because of this. Because, oh, you know, where does someone else go? And, oh, he just doesn't get a chance. He can't fit him in. He has played well enough in the twos to get a game. Yes. We've played nine at, games. At certain – I wouldn't say now. You, I've he's got, not, I've he's, got he, some stats. He's not displacing Chera, Hewitt, Cripps, Kennedy. All those guys miss games. Yeah, um, no, no, no. See, you missed my point. That's why I've prefaced And people it said... By saying there has been opportunities okay. for Paddy Dow to get a game. All those guys have missed games. I don't think right now And people an have said, people have said, oh, well, when, when Kennedy missed, you know, Chera came back in. Or when Chera missed, Walsh came back in and all that. All those guys play if they're all in the team. Mm-hmm. So you don't give me balance. Because on that notion, when one of them goes out, there's still one more spot. Yep. So absolute crap. So... Instead, what we're getting with Paddy Dow, which is frustrating, is he's being taken out of games at three-quarter time when he's playing well. That happened in a game against Brisbane where he was playing, having a good day. Why? Did they not want him to have 40? Did we have a game the following day? Wasn't he, was he, he played an, three quarters. Or was he an emergency? He's not play, if he's played three quarters, they're not using him as the sub. We get an injury in the first minute, he's not playing seven quarters of footy. Not sure. So, absolute crap. He was named for as a sub for our game against the Power. That's the one thing I was going to say. Was it the week after he was a sub and therefore they didn't want to overload him after not playing football? I, I don't know what you're talking about. So He didn't he was, play the week before. So he was named as the sub for our game against the Power. Do you want to know his three weeks leading up to that? Round one, 32 disposals, seven clearances and a goal against Brisbane. Yeah. Round two, 30 disposals, 15 clearances and two goals against Box Hill. Round three, 24 to disposals, seven clearances, and a goal in three quarters against the Suns. Then he gets rewarded with a role as a sub, so he doesn't play any footy that week. Tough like Paddy, back to the drawing board for you. Round five, 
He goes back, he has a down one, he has 16 disposals, seven clearances and kicked a goal against Werribee. I know what that looks like to me. Um, I can only speak for myself. The next week... What does that look like? It looks like he was probably pissed off. Okay. He's put in three really solid weeks, been shafted, doesn't play at all. You're not going to get selected. Who would you play him? That was during the weeks when that was during the weeks when Kennedy was missing, Cherry was missing, Walsh was missing, Cripps was missing. Absolute crap. Needs to get a game. So he has that one down week. I don't disagree with you. He has that one down week. Back to the drawing board. The following week, he has 34 touches and seven clearances. The week after that, which was last week against Frankston, he has 34 disposals, nine clearances, and two goals. This week, at a bye. He's being shafted. If it is frustrating for me, what the fuck does it look like for him when he sees blokes who he has been outperforming get rewarded with selection at senior level? If Jack Carroll or Liam Stocker or Brody Kemp were putting up numbers like he has, people would be marching on Princess Park for him to get a game. I think we're dangerous. We are sailing very close to the wind with disenfranchising this guy. And they did it last year with a guy like Lockie O'Brien who had some good games early in the year and they didn't reward him and it felt like they were waiting for the slip and then when the slip came, oh, he's out of form. Well, you should have played him six weeks ago when he was in form. I don't disagree with what you're saying from a... Don't come at me with selection integrity because selection... No, not selection integrity. Based on, oh, those, I think, I think based on those numbers, selection integrity is shot. I think he's had opportunities to play and they didn't play him. But right now... Who are you bringing him in for right now? Jack Carroll. Jack Carroll's a bit of a bigger body. Where, what are they getting him? Where are they getting Jack Carroll to play? Well, see, so he's sort of what? He's across sort of half forward, pushes up a little bit, has some time on the ball. You move things around. Like people saying, oh, don't take Walsh outside. Walsh started the season outside. Put him on the wing, have him use his running power. It's one of the most in vogue positions in league football at the moment. Have a look at it. Gives us some balance on Is both Paddy wings. Paddy now a bit one-dimensional? Paddy Cripps um, has got, got a few... I'm not saying... In his single dimension, what he does is great. Okay. But can he be can he be moved around like you're saying? Sam Walsh can move out to a wing. Paddy Cripps well, can see move this, Okay, okay. So this is the thing. Kennedy it? can play off a half-forward flank. This is it. So apparently, Paddy Dow has to play a different position... And this is the rationale of a lot of people online. Paddy Dow has to play a different position, but no one else has to be flexible and move to accommodate really, really strong form at the lower level of a guy that's racking it up. And for a team that's become a clearance team, geez, do you reckon a guy that can get double-digit clearances would be handy? Vossi said the reason he's not getting a game is purely because in his position, we are... Okay. That's bullshit, though, because we've had the chances to play him and they didn't. They had the chances to reward his form and they didn't. And more than that, they've actually shot him in the foot with missing a game. And then obviously this week we've got the bye, I don't so he disagree. misses again. I, I don't disagree. So right there, your momentum that, just gets stalled. With that, I think he's had chances to play previously, which they didn't reward him for, and they should have rewarded him on performance. You know what else is frustrating? People, I, th- I don't think right me, now there's there's a spot for him. So people come at me with crap like, oh, he's played 60 games of league footy. Under yeah. two sacked coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are those games worth? Games, game, yeah, nothing. What are those, for some honestly, people, For some people, it's nothing. What are those games worth? They're worth nothing. We've sacked the two coaches he's had because they were terrible. Yeah. And then at the moment, honestly, I could only imagine... I could only well, look imagine. at Matt Kennedy. People... Yeah. 
the, the argument people who say, who, who say that he's had 60 games of football, well, Matt Kennedy's probably played more games of football than him, and he's only now shining. We always knew. Ooh, Darcy, Ken- Darcy Parrish last year. Right. Jesus Christ, Darcy Parrish took an eternity. Took 100 games of football. But this is the thing where you just go, from my point of view, I could only imagine, I know what I'd be thinking if I was sitting in that meeting on Thursday or whatever and the match match committee and the team came out, and I'd be going... He'd be getting moved on. I'd be going... I, do, I, I, don't, oh, I, mean, I don't see him staying at the club. Nah. Because you can't pick him. Is he out of contract? No, apparently he's got one more year. You, c- you can't pick him. He'll ask to be traded. And you, you, I, I, you, you can't, can't blame him. him. Mate, you can't pick him for this week, having not played last week. No, no. Because that's selection integrity again completely out the window. So now you're going to pick him based on nothing. And the argument about balance and all that doesn't matter now. It's this, they're, they're, Unless a midfielder moves, they moves are, to the back flank. They're just tying themselves up in knots to justify... A really strange development and selection I, I just think decision. that they try to move the pieces around and he hasn't fit of late. I think earlier in the season, I agree with you, I don't think they rewarded his good work. And I, I, I'm broken record, but, mate, if I was sitting in the match in the team meeting and the, the team came out and Brody Kemp's back in the team, mm. I'd be going, fuck off. Get but, fucked. But Brody Kemp, as a, he's playing a different position. He's been terrible in the twos. Terrible. Yeah, but Brody Kemp, but we, we, Lewis Young goes out. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But he has been awful. Yeah, but and right there you go. Sometimes you need like for no, like. You no, look but right at the there depth you're saying chart. there's two, there's, there's obviously two sets of rules. You'd be going, all right, well, so how good have I got to be? No, no, but we, we're very, we're very low on. He's not even key position, but, but tall stock. So he was next man up. I don't think he was getting a game because of his outrageous form in the twos. I'd argue that Dow's form in the twos has been better than Carroll. I know, but we didn't. Yeah, well. But it is what it is at the moment. I think that we're managing the situation very clumsily. If they don't want to keep him, that's a completely different story. And if they've already made up their mind, that's fine. Um but it's just it's looking weird. Mm. It's just with more and more. And then last week he was the scapegoat for the fade out against Frankston, and you're kind of going, oh, "It's a bit harsh, isn't it?" To level on one guy. I just don't see. I'd love for Paddy Dow to be in this side and thriving. I just don't see where we put him in. Well, I'd love for him to get a chance. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you in the fact that we've had chances to play him, but right now. With a fully fit midfield, I don't think there's a spot for him. Unless he wants to take the ruck. Which he can't do. He's a bit small. I think he'd take whatever they give him at the moment. Um, do we have an SI Morales nomination? I do. I think I'm going to give it to Charlie. <sighs> for the, it was one of those games where he could have easily, and a lot of forwards, and forwards have got this in them, where it's not my day, it's all a bit hard. Whereas I think he he busted his backside all game and presented all game, and he had a bloke on his ass 24-7. You know who my nomination is? Who? Nick Newman. Yeah, it's a good nomination. But why, why, did, why did you sign when I nominated, when I nominated Charlie? 
Because it's a bad nomination. It's not a bad nomination. No, it is bad. There'd be people listening to this going, Sean, you've lost your marbles. You've lost your marbles. You had a good five-minute patch in the last quarter. No, 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 no. He no. tried the, really hard. S.I. Morella's award... Is about being awesome up against, like, having a putting in a really, really, really good showing yeah. in spite of, you know, all sorts of different challenges. It's, a, it's basically about working your tail off. No, but it's not just about that, though. It's not just about, like, trying it's hard. It's about busting a nut. It's actually, like, you got Nick Newman on Toby Green, a guy that's ripped our hearts out countless times, and he says, not today, champ. He puts the big clamps on him. I'm, I'm, the thing is, I'm not disagreeing with him. your nomination. I'm just... Throwing up one of my own. Well, you know what? In the absence of the deciding third vote from Timbo... Put it to the people. Executive decision. Are you going to give it to yourself? It's going to give it to Nick Newman. <laughs> we, uh, I don't know if we're happy with that, but I'm happy with that. Oh, no, there's another 90s banger coming through. Oh. Don't tell me who they are. Give it to me now! Quintessential 90s. New Radicals? That's it. Mitsubishi ruined this song for me. Was it for a Lancer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a tune. Give us the chorus. No, let go. It's the way it's sung too. One. I don't think I got the bridge. The bridge is quite good as well. Can't I can't do the pseudo rap. It's all a bit too hard. Yeah, that in the bridge. Marilyn Manson. That's all he wants. Yeah, that's good. We'll kick your asses. <laughs> People know that that part and the Marilyn Manson line. What a classic. Good tune. It's like um, bare naked. Like everyone knows, chicken to China, the Chinese, Chinese chicken. chicken, and after that you start making up stuff. Chicken to China, Chinese chicken. You have yeah. a drumstick and your brain, brain stops, stops ticking. ticking. Watching X Files with no lights on, with Della Mays on. I hope the smoking man's in this one, like Maris, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. I'm getting no frantic, like, like, like Sting. I'm, Ford. I'm getting frantic, like Sting. I'm tantric, yeah. like Snickers, guaranteed to satisfy. Yeah. Like Kurosawa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films, but, but if, if I, I did, did they'd have, have a samurai. samurai. Now, hold on, hold on. Now, we've done all that easy part. Now, do that. Do that part. Um. Finest of the flavours. <laughs> no one knows. No one there's knows. Something about, there's something about... Um, Naked chick is something, in there. Something about the next chorus, is, uh, next verse is something about going to get a set of clubs, the kind with tiny nubs, just so my irons aren't always flying off the backswing. Going to get in tune with Sailor Moon because that cartoon has got the boom anime babes that make me think the wrong thing. That's the next verse. Yeah, but you didn't do the. Well, cause I can't. I can't get myself into the trigger point beyond. Like sneakers guaranteed to sell the satisfaction. No one. No one knows how to rap that part. I just can't. I just can't pull it at the moment. I think I know it, but I just can't pull the. I can't pull the bit. I need. It's like um. It's like vanilla. It's the finest of the flavors. Is the only part I can really make. Yeah. Out. No. It's like um. I'm pretty good at. Uh, we didn't start the fire. If I get the first bit, if I get the first the, that 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 verse's first name or place, I, I can go. But if I have to guess it, I sing "We didn't start the fire," and I reckon I'll get every verse in the wrong order. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. 
Yeah. That's what I mean. Um, it is now time for, of course... You've got mail. Yeah. Um, Mark Prentice, who is the best fit intercepting defender we have? Jacob Wittering. Jacob Wittering. It's the lake. Um, it's the... It's very high... The salinity is through the roof. Yeah, it's like the Red Sea. Because you just get to float in Lake Wittering. Um... What am I looking for here? Teague Train, can you offer any thoughts on the piling injuries list and where we are as a supporter base? Um, and are we as a supporter base ready to admit we have an overpaid problem? Sorry to piss on the chips, but it needs addressing. Just to pull you up there, I think we're going with piss on sandwiches. We are. We're, the, the official we're adopting, line... We're adopting the Scandinavian... Michael Henriksen's... Piss, uh, old mate Lance. The, the piss on the sandwiches. Yes. And that's a Clark Griswold vacation thing as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's the... Yeah, the dance. The dance while he's trying to impress... Uh, Christy Brinkley. Yeah. But um, the dog had pissed on the sandwiches. <laughs> what are the great moments? Yeah. What are the great moments? That, dog, that dog then gets towed behind the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know what? The start of that movie is absolute... Like the first... If you want to watch a masterclass in... Like writing. So John Hughes is an absolute legend. legend. But if you want to watch a masterclass in writing, watch Vacation. Sean? Dead. He is dead. He died some time ago. Yeah. Um, young. young. He was like young. mid-50s or something, early 50s? Yeah, early 50s. But the first, they always say the first 10 or so pages of a script, you need to be, you kind of need to establish what's happening and you need to be sort of in motion for what's the film about. Yep. The first, and generally speaking, a page is a minute. The first 10 to 15 minutes of vacation are flawless. So he goes to get the family, you know, the, the, the family truck star, yeah. right but the car's been... Davenport! Davenport! <laughs> Where's uh, Mr. Griswold's... Uh... I, I don't know. <laughs> That's all he gives. And then Eugene Levy's, Eugene Levy's shrug. <laughs> but this whole thing about he goes to get the thing, doesn't get the thing. If you think you hate it now, sure. Just wait till you drive it. But the whole scene, the whole thing is brilliant because it sets the tone of this, this whole trip is fucked. <laughs> because right from the get-go, you immediately know who this guy is, what sort of guy this is. He's a well-meaning, bit a little bit of a pushover, happy to please, but just bad things befall him all the time. Yep. So watch Vacation. The first 10 minutes, Pete, absolutely Pete flawless. Pete Molinas' favourite movie. It's a fucking brilliant movie. Yep. Yeah. Rusty! Yeah. <laughs> Pete used to sing, he used to get the words wrong, but Pete, in our old office back in queue, used to sing um, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Get all the words wrong, but he but he just do that scene from when, um, when Clark's singing it in the car, mm. and then it was like Russ, Russ, the old Miss, the mighty Mississippi, the mighty Mississippi, the old Miss, the old man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Peter will be loving this. Peter will be just. He'll come in tomorrow after listening to the pod, and he'll be like, oh, swing low. <laughs> Uh, but Pete we, we used to sing swing low, sweet cherry apple pie, uh, California California County homes, Jesus which is Christ. all the wrong words. But he, when he used he's to back, s- he's, has it, he's combined about three songs yeah. there. Yee um, River, <laughs> my home is over Jordan. <laughs> what a movie! Uh, we sort of movie. we sort of discussed that, didn't we, Teague Strain? Just about. Uh, what, what was the question? Strength and, strength and conditioning. <laughs> Without Timbo, uh, we are loose. Uh, beginning to really like this is from Stephen Ward. Beginning to really like what the coaches are doing. Got an adaptive game plan. Uh, roles with small forwards. The resurrection of Kennedy. 
responsibility and faith given to Carroll and the solidity of the back line. Uh, he says here Kemp fitted in and was okay. We're becoming even more uh, sorry. We're becoming a more even and tougher team, and that's all with eleven injuries. That's a more of a, a statement than a question, but Correct. a well made statement. Yes, very well made. Um, what? Ooh, who do you think would make a better Tartare sauce from scratch, Zach Fisher or Patrick Cripps? That is an interesting question. Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest. This from uh, Leonard. I don't know if I care, <laughs> but I would I would hazard a guess and say probably Cripps. Yeah, Fish looks like he's he's like the he's the kid in Home Ec that's like just fucking around. Yeah, he'd be he'd be the kid he'd be the kid in class. He'd be just like the class, not even the class clown. He's just just a nuisance. Yeah, not Ben Curry, uh, not Carlton related, but is the good doctor okay after Jack Steele getting injured? Well, he, look, if it was Josh Battle... Was Josh Battle, mate, he'd be in all sorts. He'd yeah. be beside himself, Josh Battle. Um, Timbo does have a very big soft spot for the Saints. I think he's got like a bit of a soft spot for everyone. It's weird. No, he doesn't like everyone. Oh, I hate everybody. I've only got a soft spot for really... Apart from Hawthorne. I've softened a bit. I know it's going to sound bad on a Carlton podcast. I have softened a lot on Collingwood. but oh. I think that's just from circumstance, but... Weak as piss. Casey Cordwell, short term is the H injury a blessing in disguise. Forced us to find other ways to win games and kick a score. You got a huge confidence boost yesterday. Sydney are a much bigger test, but at least we have been kicking a score without H and Charlie dominating. It's a good sign, but it ain't a blessing in disguise. No, no. Never gonna never gonna label it that, but it's good. And that was my text to you at the start of the game. What did I want to see? How we adapt our forward line, and are we going to find different av- differing avenues to goal? Mm. Uh, Jack Hardy, every player except for Kurno, Williams, and Motlop had double-figure disposals at three-quarter time. Is this proof that our game plan no longer relies on covering for passengers, but rather trusts every player to uh, use the ball offensively? I think it's just less about the job being left to so few. Yep. And a, and a style of game that isn't about, like... It's not stat padding in a bad way, but that's what Essendon do a lot of. They do a lot of just over over the top ridiculous mm. stat padding. So at the end of the day, see this is what it I wasn't love. my fault. So so we talk about a guy like Paddy Dow. That, that's that's the so we mentioned before a couple of games that Paddy Dow's had really good numbers in the twos, but the knock on him is oh, he doesn't cover the ground or he doesn't whatever. And you're going so he's still getting thirty with a supposedly poor work rate. Mm. You know, so which one is it? Yeah. So. Didn't mean to make that about Paddy Dow, but whatever. But you, you'll throw it in there when you can. Um, football surge, Serge, of course. Okay. Sounds like a detergent. Uh, as a city-born and base Carlton supporter, the crowd and support was brilliant. Clearly outnumbered GWS. A larger numbers of Melbourne-based fans Absolutely. believing. You could hear what was going on. It Timbo sounded, it sounded like there was a Lebanese wedding during the first quarter. Yeah, Timbo was probably the celebrant. Could, could you hear that? Nah, nah. But it was like the 2010 World Cup when those bloody vuvuzelas were going on. It was just annoying. Did you get a bit worried where Timbo put something about how he was sitting near the GWS cheer squad and there was banter and back and forth? And did you get concerned that we were going to see a Magic Round-style fracker, Timbo shirtless at the centre of it, throwing cut lunches in amongst the terraces of the Giants game? He, You know Timbo from the pod, and when you've seen Timbo, he's... Apart from the time where he hung up on us, 
because, <laughs> because we called him the Waffle King. Called him Abe Froman. You've not really seen... T- and last week where he kind of cracked the shits at me for cutting him off. Um, you've never really seen... Tim's a very... Genteel. Absolutely. And, you know, he's, he's a very... He's a lovely bloke. He's one of the best people I know. But I've seen Timbo... He becomes the Hulk at the football. I've seen him at indoor football, and he almost wanted us to get into a fist fight with these random people out at Altona one night. <laughs> He's got white line fever like there's... He's no, not even playing, Fab. No, no tomorrow. So, and at the football, he kind, that kind of comes out of him. So, I fear for him. I also fear for anyone who wants to take him on. He ain't a small bloke, Timbo. Yeah, if you feel like wrestling a Kodiak bear... <laughs> Out in the wilderness, you're like uh, Leo in Revenant. <laughs> um, Jay Hyatt, shout out to Jay. Speaking of Dr. Davis, speaking of Dr. The man on the ground, it's Denzel. Uh, is Marchbank Williams' replacement this week? No, because he hasn't played yet, this week, yet. so he'll he'll need probably another two. I don't. I, I don't think he plays until after the bye. I think he probably needs another two at uh, VFL level, minimum. Um, and then Stocker, who knows if he's still alive? I don't know. If, what did he? Did they say he, what uh, he did? Who knows? It was the shoulder. Um, we've got Adam King. Has Matty Kennedy got the biggest quads in the AFL right now? Quadzilla. It's pretty big. He's got a big... Oh, he's got a lovely kick of the football. It's penetrating. He's got a lot of, a lot of power, doesn't he? He and George would have the same amount of overall distance. George wastes about 30 metres of it in height. Walshy and Sticks. Matt in Blues Land. I have a four-hour drive tomorrow. Please ensure that the pod is up by 3 p.m. I don't know if that's 3 p.m. today or tomorrow. Be up by 3 p.m. Tuesday. Be up by probably 3 7, 7 p.m. Tuesday, Monday, whatever day we are now. Um, go for one more. Go for two more, actually. James Heaney here. And I'm devastated Timbo wasn't on deck to talk about this man. Buku. Buku's getting a lot of, of love. Sons of the Scray podcast. We would have become for a moment. But Buku, they've thrown him forward. And uh, he's kicking some snags. He's Timbo's boy. Timbo first brought Buku to our attention with one of the most extraordinarily off-the-cuff comments I've ever heard anyone. Yep. Talking about drafting and talking about the Bulldogs needing points to draft Buku Kamas. It was our list analysis podcast from four years ago. And, yeah, Timbo just said there's a next-generation kid out of the West called Buku Kamas. And then lastly, Henry Hanlon says here, just an FYO, no, uh, no Silvani in the coaches' votes. Staggering. I saw that as well. Staggering. Oh, oh, oh. No you're votes. You're going to have a go at them like how to go? Unbelievable. Who, like, they, who were the coaches? You haven't seen the coaches' votes? He, no. Oh, no, I did see him, but I just saw he wasn't in them. Yeah. I think we, um, Walsh got the perfect 10. I don't think anyone deserved a perfect 10. No, neither do I. And that's why I was a bit like, oh, it's a bit mm. weird. But no Silvani. I was like... Jesus Christ. Was Doc uh, in there? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I'm not, I think so, Durden so was there. You try, to, you try to make out like my votes were Timbo-esque and they were nowhere near it. Given your history. I love, oh, you know I love JSOS, but I just. Yeah, all right, whatever. Um, that's the end of the show. The mailbox wraps us up. Um, Prender DJ, of course, hashtag Prender DJ. This week's theme, guess it, you'll get a shout out. Usually you get a shout-out even if you're wrong, to be honest. Yeah. So if you want a shout-out, just hashtag Prenda DJ just with a guess. Just type crap and hashtag Prenda DJ. Yeah, just, you know, like when people leave reviews with just can letters. I, can we just have a, this last little bit? Because I tweeted this today and I thought oh, no. I wanted to have a discussion with you, but, you know, not during the day. Oh, no. 
because it was very Bongo Cam-esque. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did see this. The Phoenix Suns were down by 49 points or something, 46 points, with about six minutes to go in the last. They're about to get eliminated at home. Heavy favourites. They go to a timeout and they're playing. Who, who called the time? How long was their left? I can't remember. It was six minutes. Who called the timeout? Don't know. It could have been Dallas. Just right. fucking. Yeah, but hold on. Cheerleader, the cheerleaders, um, fan cams, very fucking loud dance music. You're just telling them to read the room. Right. They're shooting the cannons and people are like dancing and stuff. Oh, I'm on TV. Shoot me a t shirt. Leave the fucking stadium. Leave. I've got no problem with you being in the stadium to watch the Turn the media, but don't dance and like turn the music off. Read the room. Read the room. Tom Lynch tore us a new arsehole in that quarter and then they played bongo cam. Like, no, and I don't care what Pete Laser had to say or whoever it was in the friggin' boundary. It was Emily Angwin. She she was like she was reporting from the Gaza Strip. It was just read the room. We're not doing anything. And if the kids aren't entertained, well, bad luck. I doubt it after a performance like that, the kids would be coming back bongo cam or not. Far out, look. Read the room. It was just so frustrating. And I don't give it two squirts of piss about the bloody rats toss bag. (laughs) No, Malcolm, I don't about the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I I get it. Just given the circumstances, it's not a party atmosphere. No, it's not. It's not a fun fun day out. What was irritating? Not only are they doing it, but people were up and dancing. On get me a. Shoot me with a t-shirt cannon. I want to catch that eight dollar t-shirt that probably doesn't fit. Which probably says we're on the way to the finals or something. <laughs> no, you're not. Suns in seven. Mm. No, they're terrible. That's a bad. Re- it's a bad result and it's a bad look. I think that yeah, the, whoever's in charge of the events probably just has to go. Yeah, that's enough. And you know what? If we've got excess shit, just donate it to a cause or donate it to a whatever. Mm. It's Saint Vinny's or the like. Um, I thought you were going to talk about petrol. You've been on that lately. No, you know what shit me more is the fact that I had the opportunity to fill it at a dollar seventy something, and then it was at when I was at the Bowers, it was two dollars ten. Where does that come from? What the forty cent price hike? Mm. I don't know. The price of oil must have shifted in that. Fab and I have discussed this off pod. At, a, at nauseam. We, we, I mean, look, this isn't going to be too much of a change of pace for us. Two idiots talking about something they have no idea about. We're just going to now talk about oil rather than the Carlton Football Club. But but now, see, but at least now we can talk. Because people could turn off. Like we've said we've said the Carlton stuff. Carlton stuff's done. So Fab and I, we've been speaking about This is for people on a four-hour trip. This is for old mate driving through the bloody rural backwaters of Australia. All right, who needs this up by three pips. Char- he's, he's paying $15 a litre for diesel. So... <laughs> I've got a couple points to make about petrol. I tweeted this the other day. It should be... We, we both agree that they need to be regulated. Yes. The petrol industry, they've taken the piss for too long. Mm-hmm. They've gotten away with it. Regulate them. First step in this regulation process, every product you sell, you have to display the price out the front of your petrol station. Mm. No yeah. more ads for two muffins for $6 or buy a cherry ripe and a twirl and it's 12 bucks. No more of that shit. You have to display, if you sell 91, E10, diesel, 95, 98, you've got to show the prices for no. all of them. No one uses E10, yet that's the price that's displayed. That's the, what they show the cheapest price, and I've got to drive up and go, well, B-Power is usually 25 cents dearer, maybe-ish, so it's 171, so it might be 196. Oh, it's 199. And I get it that 3 cents over the course of 20 litres isn't the end of the world, mm. But they should be made 
It'd be like, seriously, it'd be like walking into the candy aisle and only the price of a Mars bar is displayed. And everything, Figure it out, sure. And everything else is like, oh, fuck, I don't really want a Mars bar, but mm. how much is it? I suppose a Mars bar is a dollar, so maybe the caramel block, maybe that's a dollar fifteen. I'll just have to work it out. That's at the, rarely on sale. But I'll, I'll just have to work it out when I get to the register. Nonsense. And then secondly, Fab and I have agreed, this could be completely impractical, but just use our own oil. Oh. Well, apparently we're all moving away from it soon, so it's not, use we it. don't have you know, fear of it running out. Just, just If I would be staggered, I would be absolutely staggered if <laughs> I'll give him a long leg rope. If in 50 years' time, I would be staggered if your Fords, your Volkswagens, your GMs are making internal combustion petrol engines. I would be shocked. So do we have... I won't be around. But, like, do we have... I'd be 90. To do Well, you'd be living large. I won't, be, advances, I won't be around. Advances in modern technology come a long way. We're going to have... I think I'm going to rip out my bell and replace it with a new one. Dyson's working on one. New bell. That's what he's got next. I remember Timbo was describing that sheet that goes through the pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about big black fists that people stick up each other's buttholes. That will go up and re-pipe my, my intestines. Yeah, so just use our oil. Because in 100 years' time, we're not going to be using oil for anything. No. BMW and all these other companies are developing like synthetic fuels. We're not going to be using crude oil, so just use it. No, we'd be using it, but just not at the rate. Oh, but just, just yeah. Yeah. yeah, there'd be other petroleum products. Yeah, but we wouldn't so, be using it to yeah. power our movement, whatever. So mm. regulate the fuckers. Mm. Put in some. I don't know, put in and get you to work on an algorithm that yeah. can dictate what the price of petrol should be. Just make them more accountable. They've taken forty-five the, cents. They've taken the piss for so long. It doesn't even need to be an algorithm. It's a simple Excel spreadsheet that just needs to be done. A-triple-C, what the fuck are they doing? Oh, nothing. They're probably, hey, like every other bloody government agency, they're not even in their offices yet. They're all working from home. What's the other one? What was the other point? Um, oh, I was going to make another point with the petrol thing. <laughs> We've legitimately just gone, we'll record this random conversation. Oh, you know what it was? I think I put it in the tweet. And just for Timbo's sake, because yeah. he was a big orange man bad. Oh, Donald Trump was an idiot. We've Still never, is. We have never, ever, ever said we never anything s- to the contrary. We never said, we never even suggested we didn't agree he was a complete dipshit. He's a buffoon. But. But. <laughs> he said it best where he goes, cheaper oil or cheaper petrol is a tax break. In the same way that the GST, people look at the GST the wrong way. We've spoken about it. Yeah. If I'm earning $500,000 a year... I'm not buying $6.80 microwave dinners from Coles, paying $0.68 goods and service tax. I'm paying $35, $40 for whatever, $50, $70, $80 for a dinner, Mm. and paying $8 of tax. So is it me? He leaves office. Orange man bad, leaves office. And all of a sudden... So what are you saying? Raise the GST. They could potentially raise a GST. See, I've always said that. Go to fifteen. If the if the GST was higher, why are we talking economics now? It, it, it's a. It, I'm wearing my poster uniform, <laughs> and you're wearing a pair of Nikes you bought from a sale for about eighteen dollars. No, yeah, I wish. Oh, you never find these on sale. The two the two seventies. Whatever. Like two hundred and twenty bucks. But point is, if anyone knows a pair of size thirteen, point MX is two seventies that are going for less than two twenty. Donald Trump, the at me. 
the idiot sun-kissed buffoon leaves office. I don't even think he's sun-kissed. I reckon it's whatever. makeup. Yeah, but he leaves office. He's gone, and the world falls apart because oh, they've got the babbling idiot. Have oh. you heard that clip where he goes, "Oh, this could be described in one word," and then he goes, "Absolutely, Joe's had a stroke." Well said. Were those the only two options? That's the thing. Three hundred and fifty million people. At the risk of like, at the risk of marginalising our own listener base, we're not in that much better of a position. Yeah, it's the classic Seinfeld, the uh, sorry, South Park, the douche and the turd sandwich. Yeah. You got to vote for the school mascot. We have to do that this week. You're like, can I? Well, I suppose you can just not vote for either of them, can't you? Yeah, mate. As long as you get your name ticked off, whatever you put on the ballot, no one gives a shit. Do you reckon what money is Sam McClure paying to do his CJAD three votes tweet again? No, oh, it, it's, it's a dollar one. He does it every he election. It. He loves it. It's like takes for the rerun, Sam. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, it's starting to get old. Mate, to get it was old, old five years yeah, but ago. When, in 2007, it made sense. Yeah, that's a bit of fun. Yeah. But, uh, All right, that's it for us. Yeah. We've gone go. off the rails. I've got to go. got to go pick up Kelly's car. Yeah, all right, whatever. Um, for Timbo Davis, of course. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And then he'd give us some tip about a horse running tomorrow. I've all got five minutes to tell Fuck. you this quick story. I just want to tell you about, uh, about uh, Colin uh, Albury. Uh, shout out to Colin. I was at was a lunch with him the other day. <laughs> Timbo and I have a, a lunch on Friday for which we will chat about on the pod next pod. Oh, no. Oh, with Ed Curto? No, not with Ed. Oh. This is one of Tim's clients. Oh, Fraser Brown. No. Mill Hanna. Maybe. Yeah. Got it in three. So, um, but there might be other people there. So hopefully some fun stories come out of it. Good stuff for you, Fabergadoosh. Out of there, Chittagatsi. For me, Sean Peterbarge, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll catch you next week. Come gather around, people. Pete's going to love this. And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are changing Writers and critics who prophesize with your pen And keep your eyes wide, the chance won't come again And don't speak too soon, for the wheel's still in spin And there's no telling who that it's naming Was the loser now will be later to win For the times they are a-changing Senators, congressmen, please heed the call Don't stand in the doorway, don't lock up the hall For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled The battle outside region Will soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times they are a-changing
the mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand For the times they are changing It is drawn, the curse it is cast The slow one now will later be fast As the present now will later be past The order is rapidly fading And the first one now will later be last For the times they are a-changing Music 